This first Sunday of Advent invites us to hope. What are we hoping for in our world? What personal hopes are people carrying today? What gives us hope? What causes us to despair? And how did hope or a lack of hope play out for the participants who awaited the coming of the Messiah in the first story? Isaiah's words certainly spoke to a deep-seated desire for the people of Israel. He shall judge between the nations and shall arbitrate for many peoples. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. The location of the nation of Israel has made it a point of conflict throughout its history. Israel and the neighboring countries are crossroads of Africa and Asia Minor, and they're close to Europe. Armies have occupied, conquered, and traveled through the Middle East. Isaiah's vision of a Messiah bringing peace was an enduring hope for all the people. If peace just came, if the invaders went away, if one could know armies weren't consuming the produce of the land, conscripting sons, raping the women, the world would be better. There were also individual hopes. John and Elizabeth had all but given up hope of ever having any of their own children. And then when John oversaw one of the important rituals of the priesthood, he was visited by an angel and promised a child. Understandably, given his wife and his wife's age, he disbelieved. And he was given nine months of silence to contemplate the meaning of hope until John who would be called the Baptist, was born and named. Elizabeth, his wife, found a double path to hope in the story. Not only did she bear the future herald of the kingdom, but she also proved to be a comforting caregiver for Mary. Mary's story, Mary the mother of Jesus, it's a complicated one. An unexpected pregnancy, fear of her parents' reaction, fear of the loss of a future spouse, even fear of death if some zealots in the community decided to exercise the law to its full extent. Despair and withdrawal could have easily been her choice. But instead, Mary took the path of hope even when it seemed impossible. It is little wonder, little wonder that the early traditions of the church held Mary in such high regard. Joseph was invited to accompany Mary on this path of hope. He had to lay aside his distrust, his distrust of her, his concerns about what his family and the community would think, his common sense, and he had to place his hope in words delivered to him in a dream. Or how about the travelers from the east? Men hoping they were reading the signs in the heavens correctly. The innkeeper often gets painted as a villain, but it's possible the stable was the bottom floor of his house where the animals were housed. At least it would be warm 
And he hoped it'd be enough for this beleaguered, young, very pregnant couple who probably barely had enough money to pay this tax. Perhaps the innkeeper's wife served that night as a midwife. Nothing can stir hope like the arrival of a newborn. And then there are the shepherds. They hoped for a better place in the world. Shepherds were one of the lower castes of society. The profession was dirty and tiring and dangerous. Considerable time was spent in harsh weather. Caring for animals was back-breaking work. They were hard-working, and like most hard-working professions, when they got the chance, they played hard as well. And that made others in society keep them at arm's length. They hoped for just a little more respect. And the angels made their first and only birth announcement stop the fields where the shepherds were. You may have noticed that everyone in the story seems to be having a tough time of their own. And there were generally tough times during this, this particular period. Does that mean we have to endure suffering and estrangement in order to find hope? But that's really asking the question the wrong way. All of us, all of us sooner or later endure suffering in our lives. All of us feel pain and estrangement. And when that comes, when that comes, we can know this. The God of hope is working through our suffering to bring hope. When we encounter sufferings, we could be tempted to seek hope in the wrong places. The letter to the Romans warns of this. The city of Rome afforded all sorts of diversion that could easily pull those new disciples away from the faith. Paul warned of the dangers of reveling and drunkenness, debauchery and licentiousness. We might not think that kind of behavior as a path to finding hope, but we can easily plunge into sinful behavior to mask those feelings of despair and loneliness. For a time, it seems to help, and then the feelings wear off, and we find we are even more lost. Now, it's tempting, of course, whenever we read a list like that, to view ourselves as good people, because, well, I don't have any of those sins in my life right now. We do well to remember Jesus' warning about thoughts being just as dangerous as the things we term sins. And the amount of consumption we engage in at this time of the year certainly can look much like reveling and drunkenness. And Paul throws in two other behaviors that are common to us good folks, quarreling and jealousy. Scripturally, those are just as bad as all these other traps that Paul lists. And we fall into those kinds of traps, those kinds of sins for the same reason. We despair. And that stirs us to anger and to seeing what others have. And we begin to covet their lives. We fight and we grow envious. And we still have no hope. Where can we find hope? The phrase Paul uses is putting on the armor of light. A similar phrase is to be clothed with Christ. In the ancient world, donning the garments of a greater person imparted power and character to the wearer. Elijah dropped his cloak on Elisha, 
when he was carried away by the fiery chariots and Elisha assumed his powerful prophetic role. Paul is urging us to don the character of Christ. This leads us to true hope and helps us avoid that pit of despair. Christ sought to bring hope to others. This aspect of Christ's character, when practiced, will also help us find hope. Hope, like so many amazing gifts from God, grows as it is shared. It is contagious. We catch it when we bring it to those who are struggling, who are tempted by despair, who are lonely. Their hope comes alive and it flows back into our lives. This month, youth are inviting everyone to join them in Miracle on 4th with small daily gifts of hope. Gather those gifts into boxes and wrap those boxes in extra wrapping paper if you like and bring them to the church. If you're headed out of town, you can bring them on the last Sunday. You're here before you leave. And if you're here through Christmas Eve, bring them that night. We'll create our church's pile of presents that will be distributed through local organizations like Eve and the Greater Marietta Food Pantry. Each item listed is something useful. It'll help families or individuals in need, and it will give a small measure of hope. We can practice this in our own lives also. Consider the impact if each of us takes a moment to think about a neighbor, a friend, a coworker, a family member who's struggling with despair and needs hope. Think about them, consider their lives and do something positive for them. Be the angel announcing good tidings to the marginalized person. Be the Elizabeth to Mary comforting someone unsure if there are any safe havens left. Be the innkeeper who finds space when no space seems available for a tired pilgrim. Be the light in the darkness. Be the reason for a person to hope. We know we're living in fractured times. We know about the deep divides that exist in our culture. We know there are many in the world who suffer more than we do. We know of war and rumor of war. We know, we know all those things. So now we can ask our source of hope to help us act. Break break through the barriers. Find someone this Advent to engage who is different than you are. Could be across political lines, but there are all sorts of social lines racial lines, economic lines, even those lines that pop up in families. Be honest for the reason when you reach out to somebody. Don't try to do it as any sort of hidden agenda. Do it simply to learn about how another human sees the world. Perhaps a friendship will form, or perhaps all that will happen is your own mind and heart might be impacted, might be affected, might be changed. But that's also a hope-creating activity. Christ was promised. Christ came. Christ promises to come again. In the chaos and the worry and the despair of the world, hope grows for his peaceable reign. And it turns out we have much we can do to create hope in our world. And through those actions, we can help hope grow in our own hearts. Amen.